and welcome to the Nutrition by Samantha podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, nutritionist who is on a mission to cut through the nutrition confusion and help you become the healthiest version of you. In this podcast, you'll find expert advice on all things binge and emotional eating, sustainable fat loss, sports nutrition, and all things in between. I hope you leave each episode inspired and empowered to make smarter eating choices. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I am so happy to have you here today tuning into this podcast. We'll be talking about the five mistakes I see as a weight loss nutritionist and the solution to them as well. Before we get into this this episode today, it has been two years since I've moved to Torquay. What the heck? It's gone by so, so fast. And on the weekend, we went out for dinner to celebrate. We went to the Kin in Torquay. It's absolutely amazing. Such good food. Such good food. So if you're ever in Torquay and wanted like a nice dinner, I would recommend going there. I don't think it's really kid-friendly, the place. But if you're going with your partner or your friends, definitely would recommend great cocktails and wine and everything as well. So good. And tonight I am going to the movies. I've been to the movies in ages and I'm watching a surf documentary. It's only on one one night tonight at Village Cinemas in Geelong, which is very lucky. Out of all the movies in Victoria, it's in Geelong, which is super local, I guess, or it's closest to the surf coast. Probably why they picked that cinema to have it at. But it's a documentary about women and surfing. So I'm really looking forward to watching that tonight with the people I did the surf uh, comp with comp oh my god who am i talking what the heck surf lessons i wish a bloody surf comp could you imagine <laughs> god i need to be able to stand up first before i even talk about comps <laughs> but anyway i also joined a gym in torquay called body sculpting 24 7 i had my first session there today which was great so for those that don't know a bit of backstory i used to go to the crossfit in torquay but then I pretty much did that just to get really fit for my wedding. And then after the wedding, I'm like, okay, I've been going for a while. I should be able to just continue with this momentum and train from home because I've got a full gym set up at home. Like it has everything you need. It's great. However, I probably stopped going there maybe May this year. And I've done probably like maximum 10 workouts, absolute maximum 10 workouts since then. And I was just getting so frustrated with myself. Like, why can't I stay disciplined and stay motivated and just train? I know why I need to train and I know the importance of training, but I just couldn't get myself to go to the gym in the garage and just get my workout done. And I was just getting so frustrated with myself because I know it's important to me to do it, but I had zero motivation and discipline to do it at the same time. And I was thinking, why don't I do it? What is stopping me from doing it? And I really think it's because I am home 24-7. I work from home. I do everything at home. And just to go to the gym to do, go to the garage gym to do a workout is just not motivating for me. I don't really need to get changed to go. I don't really have the routine of getting ready, going to the gym, getting my workout in, and then going home. I just sort of would just, you know, just go in there and do my thing because I didn't need to get changed. I could do it in my pajamas and (laughs) do that. But at the same time, when I was in there and I was training, all I was thinking about was work. And work is literally just, you know, five maximum meters away from the garage. And 
it's so easy for me to just like, oh, I'll just stop now and just go back to work and do my emails or do my invoicing or whatever I have to do. And I just, yeah, would never get it done. I was never fully present when I would go to the, go to the gym in the garage and actually get the workout done. It was just frustrating for me because I want to train and I want to feel good because I know training makes me feel good when I do do it. Like when I was at CrossFit, I won a competition or something for going for the most times in a given month. Like I went six days a week, like religiously because I liked it. Anyway, so I was, yeah, thinking the other night, I'm like, what is it that motivates me or makes me disciplined to go? And honestly, as bad as this sounds, a financial investment is all I need to actually go to the gym. I just need to pay I just didn't have some sort of investment into it. And that is for me financial. So by paying to go to a gym, I am going to be more likely to continue going and actually do what I need to do. Another like form of accountability or, you know, skin in the game to actually do it is could be like an accountability buddy. I don't really have an accountability buddy. I just sort of go do my thing would go home sort of. So for me, it would just be that financial investment, whether it was like, or $50, no matter what it is, it's enough for me to be like, okay, I'm paying for this. I'm going to get the most out of it. Like my husband goes to the gym in the garage and just gets it done twice a day. No excuses. He will do it. And honestly, since I did my bikini comp in 2017, the, I don't know, going to the gym is a bit of a chore now. I used to love it until I did my comp and then I just hated it afterwards because I just... I spent so much time in the gym and so much time dieting and losing weight for that competition that it kind of just ruined it all for me. So I suppose the takeaway from this would be like for you, like the reason why I'm telling you is for me, nutrition is something I can just easily do and I don't even think about it. Whereas exercise is something I need to consciously motivate myself and be disciplined to do. Otherwise, I just won't it just won't happen, especially from home, unless I have that in financial investment. So if you are struggling with your nutrition, you need to think of, okay, what is going to motivate you to continue going, continue eating well and continue, you know, nourishing your body right to make sure you continue, you know, doing it. Whether that is an accountability buddy, a financial investment in someone, because if it's important to you, you need to find a way to get it done. Weight training, as much as I don't, I don't just like, I don't love it. I like moving my body and I like to go to the gym, but I don't love weight training. And it's important to me. I know I need to weight train because I've been told like by all those scans, I have low bone mineral density, which means I'm probably at higher risk of getting osteoporosis. And strength training is really important for me because I am a really, I don't know how to explain it, like a small build. I'm not trying to say I'm so tiny or whatever. It's just, I don't know. It's, I don't have much muscle on me. <laughs> pretty much mostly body fat hey whoops there goes my miso soup um but yes it's up to you like how you do it but but I know for me the financial investment and accountability to go no I need to get done because I'm paying to go is enough for me to actually go and get my workout in I need to do it and it's the only way I'm going to do it and I see this with clients too with their nutrition as soon as they stop seeing me they still have those good eating habits However, some things might just creep in here and there and then they end up staying in more of a plateau rather than continuing to see the results, which is totally, totally fine. I'd rather than plateau on their weight loss journey than gain weight back. Um, But yeah, so sometimes just having the accountability to someone just really, really helps 
either even a financial investment really helps. I don't know if there's anything else that can help hold people accountable, but if you do, let me know. But for me, paying to go to the gym is going to get me to go. And yeah, so I went today, I did my first workout and I walked in to this gym and I'm like, oh my God, it's been so long since I have stepped into a bodybuilding type gym before. Like I used to go to Durham and Caroline Springs when I was doing my bikini comp, like training for that. And that was like a typical bodybuilding gym. And it's been so long since I had stepped into one. I've done like CrossFit, home gyms, new boutique gyms, like Good Life, Anytime Fitness, all of that. But I swear, my bodybuilding gym is just so different. Um, But I enjoyed it and I did back and abs today and I had a really good time. Not really a really good time. That's a far stretch. I enjoyed it, which was good. (laughs) And I know being more consistent with the gym, I'm just going to feel better about myself. I feel more I suppose the word's toned, I hate that word, but I feel more toned, I guess, and feel like I'm building muscle and leaning up and all of that fun stuff, and that will make me feel good and be a happier person when I have that time to do myself and go to the gym and do my thing. So yeah. Um, all right, getting into today's episode, I wanted to talk about my product recommendation. It's not particularly a product as such. But it is a recommendation of what to look for when purchasing a protein powder. A lot of people don't know what to look for when purchasing a protein powder. So I am here to give you my little tips on what to look for because a lot of them are full of shit and I don't want you to buy um, protein full of shit. So (laughs) when we're purchasing a protein powder, I first want you to look at the ingredients. So we need in a whey protein powder, we need three ingredients. We need our protein, the whey protein. We need our flavor and we need the sweetener. Only three ingredients are needed in a protein powder. If you're purchasing a pea protein, we're looking for about four ingredients with this. So we'll have our two different types of protein. So that could be rice, pea, soy. We need two different types of protein because if it just has one type of protein, so just say it's just a pea protein, It's not a complete protein. We need all of the amino acids to make it a complete protein and just pea alone or just rice alone or just soy alone is not going to get that for us. So we do need to have two different types of plant-based protein in our protein powder. And then we have our flavor and our sweetener with that as well. So that's what you look for with a pea protein compared to a whey protein. Sometimes they add extra things like cinnamon and like gums and inulin which helps with digestion there's a lot of different things that some companies do add in so if they do doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad option but what i'd recommend you then do is look at the nutrition panel and look at per 100 grams and just make sure at an absolute minimum 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 is 80 grams per 100 grams okay because A lot of companies add in these extra ingredients to make it cheaper for them to make the protein because if they're adding in all these extra things into the powder, in the end, you're getting less protein because there's other ingredients that are making up the amount of like in your scoop of actual protein. And that's why it's important to look at the ingredients and the amount of protein per 100 grams because if you're just looking at the packages packaging and seeing it's oh it's so pretty the packaging it looks like it says lean and toned and protein for women and all this marketing bullcrap you're most likely going to be purchasing a protein that is not exactly a, a high protein protein and when we do purchase a protein 
the reason we're purchasing it is because we want to add protein to our diet. So make sure when you purchase your protein powder, it is actually a high protein protein powder. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but if you look at something, some of the, oh, what do you call it? I don't know, like marketing, the ones that are really good with marketing and they market it to women and toned and all this crap. If you look at the ingredients, there's got so much crap added to it. Like you don't need cinnamon added to your protein powder. You don't need it. You don't need extra ingredients like magnesium and all this. The reason to take a protein is to get protein in. You're not taking a protein to get cinnamon in and magnesium in. So that is my recommendation for you today. Look at your protein powder, see if it's actually worth it or a complete waste of money. Just finish what you've got and then purchase a proper protein powder if you need help with brands you can let me know send me a dm on instagram at nutrition underscore by samantha and i can help you pick one all right well let's get into today's episode of the five mistakes i see when achieving weight loss goals and how to fix them and what the solution is for that the first one i see is lack of meal planning when we don't plan it makes it harder to eat a balanced diet we're more likely to purchase takeaway and more likely to overeat as well. And I have a lot of clients that meal plan their only their, their meal plan for the week ahead. And when we have our follow-up consultations, and if they had a week where things weren't the best for them, it always comes down to the lack of meal planning or they thought, oh, I'll just wing it each day and see how I go because they're feeling a bit more confident with their eating but it always ends up with people not eating well or not having balanced meals as well. So how do we fix this? We literally meal plan. So what you want to do when you build plan is literally write at the top, Monday to Sunday, down the bottom, down the side, sorry, you want to write your breakfast, your morning snack, lunch, afternoon snack, dinner, and dessert as well. And fill in this table with everything you want to make for the week everything. You want to make sure each meal is nutritionally balanced. So what does that mean? So we want to have some protein, some carbohydrates, and some vegetables. So we'll get into calorie tracking in a moment. But what that would look like is I would do for starters, maybe a quarter of the plate, protein, quarter carbs, half a plate of vegetables. That's the basics. That's not going to work for everyone. Some people would need more than that, but you shouldn't need less than that most people would need more food than that so i would recommend balancing out your plate that way so with proteins you've got fish salmons um, chicken turkey red meat beef tofu legumes and you've got your carbohydrates that could be rice potatoes pasta couscous what else is it quinoa and then you have your half a plate of vegetables which just load up on the vegetables doesn't matter which vegetables You've got salads, cooked vegetables, stir fries, whatever works for you. So a lot of people think that when you are on a weight loss diet, your food needs to be chicken, broccoli and rice. It doesn't have to be this way at all. You can incorporate fun foods into your plan. You can have pizza, you can have burgers, you can have taco bowls or fajitas, and you can make these all fit into your calories as well, which I'll go through in a moment. But don't think that every meal has to be boring, rigid, strict, and very tiresome, I guess, to eat every single day. You can have fun with these meals. And that's what I love to show my clients too. I love to show them just how much food and variety of meals and that you can add in. A lot of the time people are like, what, I can have that and lose weight? Absolutely. You can have anything you want and lose weight as long as it fits into your calorie intake. 
Some snack ideas we can use to fill in. Some of my favorite snacks I love to give clients would be things like hard boiled eggs, cottage cheese or tuna or avocado on rice cakes, protein bars, so only certain protein bars. Um, I prefer the Carmen's brand, but there are some other great ones out there, but a lot of them are a lot of, filled with a lot of added things that you just don't need. What other snacks? Hard boiled eggs, veggie sticks dip. All these can be really great snacks you can incorporate into your diet. And they're also really quick things to make. I know a lot of people get stuck on what snacks to have each day. So once you've filled out your plan, you then write out your shopping list, write down everything you need to purchase from the shops and take that with you to the shops. That way, you know, you've got everything you need for the week ahead. Sometimes people say they prefer to do half a week and then go back to the shops and get their other half later in the week. That's fine to do also. However, I prefer people to just get everything sorted for the week. So no matter what comes up in the week, you have it organized and you don't have to worry because I know sometimes it can get to like Wednesday and things happen and then you don't have food and then the only solution is takeaway. <laughs> so I just prefer everyone to have everything organized. But yes, nuts are fantastic. Always got to be mindful of how much nuts because they are a higher calorie snack option. So you got to be mindful of the calories in there that you're having and even pairing that with something else. So a lot of time when we have snacks, it is a good idea to pair it with a different type of macronutrient. So for example, nuts are a high fat snack which is nothing wrong with that, great. But maybe pairing that with a piece of fruit so we get some carbohydrates, we get some fiber, we get some added nutrients in there just to help balance out our snack and keep us fuller for longer. So that is my tip number one, is to make sure you meal plan every single week and do it religiously. I It makes the biggest difference to making sure you eat really well every week. I do it every single Sunday. I will go to the shops, purchase everything I need and make sure I've got that organized for the week ahead. The second mistake I see is lack of calorie awareness. So if you are someone that is eating healthy, but you're not seeing the results that you're after, it could be because your calorie intake is off. So eating healthy is different to eating for weight loss. Eating healthy will get you so far but it will get to a point where you will need to be really mindful of your calorie intake. And it also depends on how much weight you have to lose as well. A lot of the time, our calorie awareness, with calorie awareness, our portion sizes can be off too. So we might be thinking we're having a nice, healthy meal, but then our portion sizes might be off, might be a little bit, little bit too big or also a little bit too small as well. And that can lead us to be hungry and also not getting in enough of the nutrients as well. And you may also be eating more food than what you actually are, especially if you are one to graze on little things throughout the day. And it might not seem like so much at the time, but then if you were to calculate how much you actually had, it does add up and probably puts you at maintenance. So we've got to be mindful of how much extra things that we are consuming as well. So the solution for this is to understand your calorie needs. So how do we know how to calculate our calorie needs? So what pretty much goes into knowing your calories is your age, your height, your weight, your gender, what you do for work, how much activity you do, your stress, your sleep. So much goes into your calorie needs. You can always just go online and you can type in like calorie calculator and you can figure out your calories. Sometimes they are off though. So I always calculate my my client's calories to make sure that they're eating the right amount for weight loss. But what you want to be in is in a roughly 400 to 500 calorie deficit, which will see about 500 grams of weight loss a week. 
Please know though, if you are a smaller person, like you are shorter or you have less weight to lose, you do want your weight loss to be a little bit slower, unfortunately. So it does have a little bit of patience that you have to have there. But if you have less weight to lose, your weight loss should be slower. And not planning your meals around your calorie needs. So that's where an app like MyFitnessPal can be a great tool to track and understand calories. I don't recommend people calorie count forever. Absolutely not. Uh, but I do recommend it just so you get an idea of the calories that you are having. For example, I had a client that loved, oh, what are they called? Barbecue shapes. That's it. Loved barbecue shapes. And she would end up having a packet at night of barbecue shapes. And she didn't realize how many calories were actually calories were actually in this packet of barbecue shapes. Once she realized how much calories were in there, she did, all of a sudden it just wasn't worth it to her. It wasn't worth her to have that many calories um, just to eat some barbecue shapes. So when you know your calorie limit and you've planned your meals around your calorie intake, that way you know sort of your requirements. You've got to stick with that calorie limit and try not to go over. If you do go over one day, that is not a huge deal. However, if it's consistently that you are going over, it's going to make it harder to see weight loss results. Now, it's important to know that our calories can be off sometimes with what our calculator recommends. So I don't recommend anyone go below 1400 calories, absolutely bare minimum 1400 calories. Even my older clients talking in their 70s and 80s don't really need to go below 1400 calories. So if they don't need to go below that amount, you definitely don't need to go below that amount. So please make sure you are eating enough food because this can actually detriment your weight loss results as well. It might seem like a great idea to, you know, eat less, less is best, but it sometimes, and most of the time, it's not. We want to be in that slight calorie deficit and I'm going to tell you why. So if you haven't heard, LEA is low energy availability. And this happens when we're eating less than what our body needs, but significantly less that our body does not do its basic biochemical processes. So our digestion slows down, our heart rate slows down, our brain doesn't work as effectively. All this burns energy. And if we aren't eating enough, this slows down and it slows down our metabolic rate and makes it harder for us to get in that calorie deficit. So some warning signs that you might be eating too little could be increased fat stores, inability to reach body composition goals, you're easily injured, uh, decreased muscle mass, you get low iron or anemia, increased cholesterol, slow metabolism, um, inability to gain muscle, so many different things happen, even gastrointestinal dysfunction as well. So you might be feeling bloated or our digestion is really slow that could be causing um, some GI discomfort as well for you. So when we are knowing our calorie intake, remember, we just want a slight calorie deficit. Remember, if you're a smaller person, it's going to be even a slighter calorie deficit, unfortunately, but it's just the way it is. And it's the best way to do weight loss as well. All right. The third mistake I see is mindless eating. The first Thing we see with mindless eating is being part of the clean plate club you know as kids you're probably told you don't leave the table until you finish eating you've got to eat everything on your plate before you leave which at the time seems fair enough you've got to eat what you've been given but as you get older we still have these habits 
of finishing the plate and making sure we eat everything on our plate. And that leads us to overeat, especially when we're going out to restaurants or to, you know, people's houses and we just end up eating everything on the plate. When we get older, it's harder for us to listen to our fullness cues because we're so focused on finishing everything on our plate. So we want to make sure that we are really being mindful of how much we're eating and how we're feeling throughout the meal. We don't want to be, you know, eating, eating, eating. All of a sudden we finished our meal. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so full. I'm going to be sick. Like you don't want that. You want to be feeling about a seven to an eight out of 10. I will go through how to know that in a moment. Another mindless eating that I see is snacking whilst watching TV or working. So every time we eat, we want to be eating with intention. We don't want to be, you know, snacking on things while watching TV or we're working and we've got snacks on our desk and we're constantly grazing throughout the day. We don't want to be doing that. You want to be eating every meal and every snack with intention, sitting down with your meal and focusing on your food so that you can be really conscious of your fullness cues as well and stop when you are feeling about that seven to eight out of ten every meal with intention so the solution to this listening to our hunger fullness cues so when we're about a three to four out of ten on the hunger scale that's when we know we want to be eating when we get to about a seven to eight out of 10, we want to be stopping eating. We don't want to get to 10 out of 10 full. So when you have a look at this, know where you're, where you're feeling at every meal. So know, okay, I'm about a three to four out of 10. I need to eat something. So that way, you know, you're not going to go so long without food or get so hungry that you're going to end up binging later in the day. When we get to about the seven to eight out of 10 fullness, we want to just stop eating. We don't need to eat anymore. We don't need to finish what's on our plate. We can just leave it and be okay with leaving it. When you do know your portion sizes and you're eating in a calorie deficit for weight loss as well, you probably won't get to the point where you would need to like not finish your meal. Usually you'd finish your meal and feel about that seven to eight out of 10 when you've got that right. You want to be conscious of the nutrition value of meals as well so you want to make sure is this meal going to fill me up or is this going to make me feel really hungry afterwards a good way to know is if it's nutritionally balanced it will most likely fill you up if you're having a really high carbohydrate meal not that there's anything wrong with carbs i love carbs put them in every meal but if it's just carbohydrates that you're having in a meal it's highly likely that you are going to be hungry quite quickly after that meal because we're not adding any fiber we're not adding any protein and Fiber and protein keep us fuller for longer. Fiber and protein are absolutely essential. So, and like I mentioned before, we want to be eating with intention. So when my clients get really good at mindful eating, they're able to go out for meals and not stress out about what am I going to order? What if I overeat? Because they become really good mindful eaters. They know, okay, if I order this, it's going to keep me fuller for longer and when they're out for dinner, like, okay, I'm just focusing on each mouthful. How am I feeling? Stopping when I'm about that seven to eight out of 10 fullness so I don't end up overeating. You can always take your meal away with you. And also when you are going out for meals as well, pick something that best reflects your hunger and fullness cues. So if you're starving and you order the salad, probably not going to fill you up. But if you are really full ordering a main meal is probably not the best idea maybe just get an entree pick something that best reflects your fullness cues that's the best idea when it comes to mindful eating when going out for meals as well the fourth mistake i see is binge and emotional eating so this one is huge with 
clients I have. A lot of clients struggle with binge and emotional eating, and I know it really takes a, a toll on their mental health as well when they can't control their, their eating and they just feel like they're out of control at that time. So what is binge eating? It's eating a large amount of food in a short period of time with emotional eating, dictating, you know, letting your emotions dictate what you eat and how much you eat too. So if anyone struggles with this, let me know in the comments below if that is something that you struggle with. Now, there is so many different causes of binge and emotional eating. However, the biggest cause I see of binge eating is simply under eating. They're just not eating enough food during the day. Like I said before, less is not always best. So if you are like, oh, I'll skip snacks or oh, I could probably push through my lunch and then it gets to dinner time and you're starving, you get home and you just eat everything in sight because you're so hungry. It's because you haven't eaten enough during the day. And if you're one to, to skip breakfast, that can be huge as well. So skipping breakfast, you're literally skipping a whole meal that you're not eating enough food for the whole day. So it could be 400, 500 calories you're skipping and you've got to make up for that somehow. And you make up for that at night but plus some more because you're so hungry and no one makes rational decisions when they're really hungry. I know I don't. Anyway, I am shocking when it comes to hunger. But yeah, the number one thing I see is under eating and not eating enough food. So make sure you are eating enough food. And also the other thing is letting emotions dictate what you eat. So this is one that can be, you know, you've got to your whole life of eating a particular way and letting emotions dictate what you eat as well. So sometimes this stems all the way back from when we're kids. It's crazy how much of our eating habits start from when we're kids that we carry on into our adult life. And then we get to adults and we're gaining weight. We're like, why are we gaining weight now? And yeah, it's because of these habits we're built as kids. So sometimes... An example of this could be if you're a kid and, I don't know, a child's crying and then your mum's like, don't cry, here's a cookie to make you feel better. You're using food to help with your emotions here, unfortunately. Or you're, um, you hurt yourself and someone's like, oh, here's a lollipop to make you feel better. Like whenever something happens that upsets you as a child and then you get given a food as a reward or something to help make you feel better, you get to your adult life and you're like, I'm so overwhelmed with work. And then you end up going for the snacks because that's what you've learned to help cope with these emotions. Does that make sense? So how do we how do we fix this? What is the solution? Binge eating, address the root cause. Like I mentioned before, the biggest cause I see for binge eating and probably the only one is under eating and not eating enough food. When it comes to our emotions, we want to redirect our emotions to something else other than food. So if you're stressed, we've got to find something else to do to help cope with this stress that isn't food. Or if you're upset, you've got to find something else to cope with the emotions apart from food. That's really important as well. And if you can get this under control, it will make your weight loss goals so much easier as well. You'll be able to get to your weight loss goals a whole lot easier. I promise you that. This is something that we really focus on with clients is making sure our binge and emotional eating is at bay. So it makes everything else a whole lot easier. And the fifth mistake I see is mindset. So having not the best mindset. So 
are we talking negatively to ourselves? So if we're saying things like, I'm so disgusted with myself or I hate the way I look or beating yourself up for eating something that's not the healthiest, a lot of time when we are putting that much pressure on ourselves and saying such horrible things to ourselves, sometimes it only leads you to end up overeating um, later in the day because you've beaten yourself up so much. So we want to make sure we are talking positively to ourselves and I'll go through that in a moment. Another poor mindset is the all or nothing mindset. So being really strict with our eating, making sure we're exercising every single day and trying to do everything at once. That doesn't help either. If you are trying to change a lifetime of habits and you're trying to do it all at once without any guidance or any support, it's going to be really, really hard for you to maintain. So pick one thing that you want to focus on. So with some clients that may struggle changing everything at once, I would say, let's just focus on nailing your breakfast and having a really good nourishing breakfast. Once I find that they've nailed that and they're doing it without even thinking about it, it's just become an ingrained habit, then I would move on to the next thing. Maybe it's snacks or maybe it's dinners or lunches until that is really good and then move on to the next thing. It is a slower way to do things, but it will help maintain it for a long period of time as well. So focus on one thing at a time. Another poor mindset is looking at how far you are from your goal. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I've only lost a kilo and I have 30 more to lose, it's not very motivating or encouraging to continue going, right? It's going to be a whole lot harder when you just see how far you have to go. So break up your goals into small, into smaller goals. So whether it's like, okay, by the end of this month, I want to lose 500 grams. And then you achieve that. It's going to be easier for you to, to build momentum and keep going as well. But if you're like, I want to lose 30 kilos by the end of the year and you've only lost 500 grams, you're like, oh my God, I still have so much to grow. This is so slow. And it's going to make it harder for you to keep that momentum up, momentum up and keep going as well. And the last one is giving up when it gets hard or you don't see results that week or that two weeks or whatever it is. So you will only fail on your weight loss journey when you give up. If you keep going, even when you have a crap month and you're eating a shocking, if you still keep going, you will see results. Only stop seeing results when you give up. So kind of went through the positive mindset and the solution already. But like I mentioned, I want to start talking positively to yourself. Even if you don't believe it, keep saying things that are positive to yourself until you do believe it. Eventually you will. So if you haven't heard, I've mentioned it on my podcast on Thursday, EFT tapping, and it helps. I'm not 100% confident on how it works. It's something I've looked into recently, but it helps rewire your brain um, to talk more positively and actually believe what you're saying to yourself as well. So if you're saying things like, I am healthy, I am fit, I eat well, I move my body in a way that I like, and saying these positive things, even when you don't believe it, if you keep saying it to yourself, eventually you will believe it. Like I mentioned before, focusing on one thing at a time. Breaking up your goals into small tangible steps as well is also super important. So there are my five main things I see that people struggle with with getting on top of their weight loss goals. And I really believe if you can nail all these things, you will see the results that you're after. But I wanted to tell you, like if you, I saw this quote during the week and it really stuck with me and I said you wouldn't have the desire if you didn't have the ability to achieve it so if you are here today and you're listening and you are here to learn you have the ability to achieve your goals you you, you might need extra accountability to help 
hold you there, whether that's a financial investment or having an accountability buddy to help get you there. But you will achieve your goals if you have the desire to do it and you've just got to keep going and keep pushing and keep keep moving forward because eventually you will get there. 20% of you will take action on what I've mentioned and 80% will be like, oh yeah, that all makes sense and then not really do anything about it. So I want you to be in that 20% and I want you to take on board everything I've mentioned and try your best to implement these on your own. And of course, if you have any questions you know where to find me. You can ask me any questions you do have and I will be there to help you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please give me a positive review if you found this helpful. If you would like to join the MBS method, you can book a no obligation consultation free of charge just to see if it's the right fit for you before you invest. So please, you can send me a DM on nutrition underscore by Samantha and we can organize a chat beforehand. All right. Well, I hope you all have a lovely day and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.